This podcast is brought to you by Sinuate Media, guiding businesses through marketing technology challenges and opportunities to connect with current and new customers. Offering web design, hosting social media, public relations, and more. Sinuate Media, organic marketing at its best. More at Sinuate Media, that's S-I-N-U-A-T-E, media.com. Welcome to the inaugural show of the Homegrown Economies podcast, a brand new program from the Las Cruces Green Chamber of Commerce in beautiful southern New Mexico. I'm Carrie Hamblin, the CEO and president of the Las Cruces Green Chamber, and it is such a privilege to have our guest today here, which I will announce in just a moment. But just to let you know, Homegrown Economies spotlights the economic impact to communities by local businesses, nonprofits, public lands, tourism, and the outdoor industry. Every two weeks, we will either profile locally owned businesses and talk about the creative ways that they've adapted to the pandemic, or we will spotlight those businesses or organizations that are connected to our public spaces and lands, the outdoor economy and tourism. And today, as we feature on our inaugural podcast, the one and only Axie Navas, who is the director of the Office of Outdoor Recreation for New Mexico. Welcome, Axie. It is so fun to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor. Uh, well, it's, you know, your, you know, your department is still very much in its infancy, but you're already hitting like your adolescent years. If we want to go that route, you know, you were started, um, uh, we were the 13th state in the country to start uh, the Office of Outdoor Recreation, and that happened in April of 2019. And this is what Governor Lujan Grisham said in creating the office. She acknowledged that Outdoor recreation is a key piece of our economic expansion efforts. We are building on what we have and creating job opportunities in a field where this state can, should, and will lead regionally and indeed nationally. So beforehand, you were the digital editor director for Outside Magazine, and you managed a team of 25 writers and editors and website developers. And when the opportunity came up to lead the Office of Outdoor Rec, what was the appeal for you to apply for that? Well, you know, I love this adopted state of mine very deeply. I grew up in Colorado where I had easy access to public lands, very fortunate to have that access. So the outdoors, I think in many ways is, is in my blood. I grew up with that access. And now that I have lived in New Mexico for about 10 years, I just want to be a champion and an advocate for the incredible resources that this state has in spades that I know you're familiar with, that I know so many of your listeners are familiar with. I'm sure we all have that place on the New Mexico map that just kind of sings to us. That's true to who we are as people. And I think it's opening up access to those places in a sustainable way that really inspires me. And that's a huge part of what this division was built to do, to open up access and then to bring in jobs bring in wealth from this economy to the state. Well, you know, it's really interesting because I think that, you know, for many years, I mean, I'm, I, I remember going to Lake Roberts in the Gila wilderness, my mom, and we lived in Texas, we lived in El Paso at the time. And that was something that we always would do every summer. And I never started connecting the economic impact to that 
until I started in this capacity with the Green Chamber. There's a general store in the Gila Wilderness that has its Doc's general store, and they have this amazing ice cream, and we would always go. And it's always, it's, it's tying those experiences with our public lands, and now really starting to look at the economic impact. And, and, and we'll get on that in just a minute. But, you know, beforehand, when you began, you know, you and I first met when you were meeting with organizations and groups all over the state. And what were you hearing from communities and, and where you saw your office could help? Well, yeah, those were early days in the office. So just about a year ago when I started, and I think I, I drove something like 3,500 miles in two and a half months. And exactly right when we met in Las Cruces to meet with, with people who have been doing this work for either you know decades or, or many, many years, thinking about how do we as a state and as a municipality, as a county, diversify our economy and embrace outdoor recreation. So I was hearing from so many people that they saw all this potential that public lands had or that benefit public lands had already brought to their community and how to continue to build on that momentum in a sustainable way that that really benefited New Mexicans, that benefited the people living in those cities with jobs, with access, with public health outcomes, just to these incredible places. So really hearing from multiple people about this holistic view of the outdoor recreation economy and just the potential it has to lift up all sorts of sectors of our society and really unite them in a in a sustainable way yeah well we um you know we're both familiar with the outdoor industry association and just the incredible data that they generate um looking at the outdoor recreation economy and so uh in 2019 they saw that the outdoor rec economy generated 788 billion dollars in consumer spending and created 5.2 million jobs that's down a little bit from you know the previous year but i have a feeling that we can start looking at the pandemic and and, um, and and you know different things that would impact that. But in New Mexico, this is something that is so amazing for me is that the outdoor recreation economy generated nine point nine billion dollars in consumer spending and created ninety nine thousand jobs. And you know now during the pandemic, it's it's kind of a really interesting situation because you know we know that local businesses and small businesses are being impacted, but going outdoors has not, you know, because it seems that people are really needing to be outside. And so, you know, what have you heard, um, you know, given that we've been in the pandemic for, uh, it's coming up on a year and two months. Um, what are you hearing about how important our public lands and our national parks and monuments have been to people during this time? Oh, I think they've been essential, you know, that every, every week and for a while there it was every day, I was hearing from land managers throughout the state about record visitation, in some cases up 100%, 200% from all-time highs that they had recorded in the past. And I think it's exactly as you articulated, people have really looked to our monuments, our parks, our incredible open spaces for solace and healing and you know a, a refuge and respite from some stir craziness that many of us are probably holding. And so I, I think that that offers enormous potential for New Mexico and the outdoor recreation economy to, to see that momentum continue again in a sustainable way, make sure we're investing in these places, in these public lands and access to these places so we can still protect them while bringing more people to them while sharing this natural heritage that the state offers. 
Right. You know, when we talk about the um, Oregon Mountains Desert Peaks National Monument and really being able to engage our local businesses, I use the term thoughtful stewards. It's like, you know, if you're going to make money from it, you have to protect it. And we've been really grateful that that narrative, that framing uh, has really stuck with our businesses of like, you know, we need to we need to protect this. We appreciate the economic benefits that it brings. Um, but also as a business, we are invested in, in, in making sure that that stays how it is. And, and the reason why we we continue to go outdoors now, you know, we know New Mexico is called the land of enchantment. You're you're a, a transplant and a welcome transplant to uh, New Mexico. Um, and for those of us who live there, uh, who have lived here for years, you know, there's always the constant, you know, land of entrapment. But I always tell people, you know what? New Mexico gets under your skin before you know it, and uh, you'll be blindsided by it, and then you'll be happy all about it. Um, in the two years that you've been the director of the Outdoor Recreation Office, you know, what are the qualities that you're seeing that communities have that um, have a strong outdoor recreation economy? Because we can talk about those that we need help, and you and I've had those conversations, but what are some of the, the qualities that you see in communities that have a lot of people going and spending money in the outdoor rec industry? You know, so much of it, I think, comes down to local leadership. And, you know, on my my road trip pre-pandemic and then the, the Zoom calls I have regularly with outdoor recreation leaders in this state, I'm always blown away by their energy, their entrepreneurial spirit, their creativity. And I think we see that everywhere throughout the state, frankly, seen it certainly in Las Cruces um, and Silver City, which I think of as really some of the leaders in this space in New Mexico and in the country as a whole. See it in Farmington, uh, Shiprock, Aztec, Taos, Santa Fe, you know, like Ruidoso. I think the list goes on and that's just really a sampling of it. But in each of those communities, you have, of course, incredible natural resources. You have the Oregon Mountains. Uh, you know, you have the Sangres. You have the Vistai. Whatever it is, you, you have these incredible natural resources. But then you also have a few individuals, a few organizations that recognize the potential of these places, realize that there's need to protect them, to grow access to them. And all of that will then lead to all these economic outcomes that we're talking about. So if I had to say that there's one common thread, that would really be it. And I'm, I'm constantly uh, kind of in awe that I get to work hand in hand with these folks and learn from them and help buoy their efforts through the state, what the state has to offer. Right. Well, you know, and it, and that's what I, you know, I was so grateful when your office was created because um, it really helps create this kind of this, this conduit for us um, who are doing things all over the state to have this this go to where we can share these these resources because we're only shooting ourselves in the feet if we don't if we don't share those resources because when one part of our state benefits the entire state benefits and so with you with what is what is your vision on how the office can support those communities that don't have the natural or local infrastructure to support a bustling tourism. And, and the reason why I ask that is because of the conversation that you and I had about the town of Cuba and the bike race that they have there. And yet there's not a whole lot in terms of keeping people in this community. So it's a, com it's a complex conversation, but um, there are certainly things that I think we can do to start helping those communities that don't have that infrastructure and yet have these that are surrounded by these incredible public lands and public spaces. You know, one thing that comes to mind in terms of immediate support I think the state can offer is that question of infrastructure investment. And I think infrastructure investment is often 
it's broader than just what we at the outdoor recreation division are talking about when we say outdoor recreation infrastructure, trails, river access, public shooting range. It's also broadband. It's having um, a, a robust and thriving Main Street. And so we work really closely with our awesome Main Street team within the economic development to try and, for instance, bring in some of those resources so we have this really holistic look at, you know, what can we do to, to stand up a community where outdoor recreation is a portion of that puzzle, one piece. The outdoor recreation infrastructure investment, I do think that's a key part though, that's a key part of that puzzle. Um, and that's why we are entering this upcoming legislative session with a, with a request for what we're calling the Great New Mexico Trails Package. And what this would do is enable communities like Cuba to tap into that grant program to develop its trail system, um, you know, or, or outdoor classrooms. There's been a lot of talk about that in Cuba and they're doing really, really good work on that, that front. So we wanna be able to prop up programs like that, like that infrastructure package. So rural communities, especially throughout the state that are often rich in natural resources that maybe not so rich in um, cash that maybe need a little support. This is something that, that can come in and fill that need, especially as we're looking to federal programs like the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Now that that is fully funded, it's an outdoor recreation infrastructure project that is fully funded. The state's going to really need to come up with that match. Otherwise, we're going to leave federal dollars on the table, and we want to make sure we're not doing that because it's a it's a such that's a just money waiting for us. That's it's money, money waiting. waiting. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's really great because uh, you know we've done a lot of work on the Land and Water Conservation Fund and just highlighting the economic benefits to communities from these different projects. And and it you know it can be just a park in your city or a baseball complex or a soccer complex to trail systems in your community to um, you know being able to have a campground that helps support your tribe, like in the Mescalero Apache uh, Reservation. And um, and and I and I'm you know and, and the thing that's really great is that. We're looking at, you know, that your department is providing just really kind of the foundation so that these different communities can take off and then become sustainable on their own. It's not like it's like something that you're going to have to fund indefinitely. It's just you're giving people a boost. I think that's it. And that's where I get really energized about this idea of investing in infrastructure, something so concrete as a as a trail system. You get that influx of investment from the Land and Water Conservation Fund potentially from the state, from this type of package we're proposing. And then it's there. It's going to be a draw for residents. It's a public health necessity, I would say. It's, it's more than an amenity. It's, it's something we need as, as human beings. It's also potentially a tourism draw to bring in those dollars in, as well. And yes, is there maintenance involved? Absolutely. But, but it is money that's going into a community and staying there. And there's all sorts of studies and case studies that show the real immediate good that comes from that type of program. So we're going to take a short break. We are speaking with Axie Navas, the director of the New Mexico Department of Outdoor Recreation. We'll be right back after a word from one of our sponsors. Support for this podcast comes from the Partnership for Responsible Business, encouraging the development of sustainable communities through inspiring and empowering collaborative economic and community development highlighting the connection between protected public lands and local economies, and by facilitating environmentally and socially responsible business. More information at prbnewmexico.org. 
We're back with Axie Navas, who is the director of the New Mexico Department of Outdoor Recreation. Now, Axie, one of the things that's like, I think that one of the biggest um, feathers in your cap and in the state of New Mexico is um, the Outdoor Equity Grant Program. And it is like the first of its kind in the country. And we've got some legislators who have been amazing champions for this. And so can you talk a little bit about the program and how it, it came to be and why there is such a need for a program like this? Sure, yeah, I'd say the, the, the reason if I had to encapsulate it of why I wanted to work for the Outdoor Recreation Division in many ways, one of many reasons I should say, is the Outdoor Equity Fund. Um, I was so inspired by the work that Representative Angelica Rubio did to get that passed, written into law alongside the office that city councilor in Las Cruces, Gabe Vasquez, did to make that happen. And then a whole network of, of partners that they brought together in collective action to create the country's first outdoor equity fund. You know, it, it's essential that New Mexico, New Mexico is here like on the cutting edge of this question about equitable access to the outdoors. And I think this state is leading the way in the country when it comes to this question of how do state governments, how do federal governments think intentionally about this, about equitable access? And, you know, I think that it, that is an essential question because for many, many, many years, the outdoor industry specifically hasn't been focused on that. Increasingly, they're coming to it, but I think work like the Outdoor Equity Fund helps focus their efforts. To, to look at communities that have been underserved in the past that are underserved now and figuring out paths to get these kids outside and see all those public health benefits that we've been talking about. And then also eventually economic benefits. Hopefully this is a, a way for these young people to open up doors into careers that might not have thought about otherwise, either as outdoor educators, let's say hydrologists, um, business CEOs. I think that this can be a key part of that pathway as well. Well, you know, I, years ago, I sat in on a panel um, in Washington, D.C. for the National Park Service, and they were really talking about diversity and inclusion in our national parks. And really kind of the theme of it was that going out to national parks and, and monuments and public spaces was mainly a white thing. And part of it is because of the amount of money it takes to afford the equipment to go out and do that. And when you look at uh, communities of color, um, you know, many uh, just because of, of the way that our systems are set up is that, you know, buying camping equipment and sleeping bags is not a priority. And so that's why I, I was so when, when Representative Rubio was talking about this and then when it came into place, it was just like, yes, finally, we are trying to level that playing field for everybody who's been enjoying the outdoors, but to enjoy it on a more equitable level. Exactly. I think it gets to the it gets at this the heart of this question of social justice, addressing like systemic racism and the history of colonialization in in the outdoors, um, in the outdoors in a way that long predates what we I think now think of as the outdoor industry, but that has affected how the outdoor industry has evolved as well. And so, you know, I certainly I feel like you say it's a feather in my cap. I can take no credit for this grant program, but I am so excited and honored to be able to you know, help administer it and help fight for it. Uh, it is truly something that I think we all as New Mexicans should be just so proud of. Well, and the fact that you are so thoughtful about it and recognize the importance uh, of how this impacts every single New Mexican on multiple levels, I think is, is, uh, is really, uh, I think, the reason why this, 
this program and I feel confident that is going to be so successful and have such a great impact in our communities. Well, and you know, it's, it's really exciting to watch the, the governor put her energy behind this. We've seen her uh, embrace it. Obviously, she is such an advocate for education and for our young people. And so that's another push we have in front of lawmakers, you know, with Governor Michelle Lujan's back, Lujan Grisham's backing, that we're, we're asking for a million dollars to go into the Outdoor Equity Fund this next fiscal year in order to fully fund that program and meet the need that we saw this past year in 2020, when we had many, many dozens, I think just under a hundred applicants request money from the Outdoor Equity Fund. And if we'd been able to fully fund that at just about a million dollars, we would have gotten over 38,000 young people outside over the course of the next year. And especially when we're looking at it through this lens that, that COVID has placed on all of our realities. I think that that push to get young people together outside in a safe way is so essential. And so thinking about creative ways to do that is imperative. I think the Outdoor Equity Fund can play into that right now, in addition to having all these other incredible benefits and, and reasons to, to advance that Representative Rubio and others identified. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you see are still some of the challenges that your office faces as we come out of a pandemic? Um, and try to get back to close as normal as possible? You know, I think advancing the outdoor equity fund in as equitable and intentional a way as possible, that's always going to be a priority. And that's never going to be easy. It's always going to be evolving and it has to evolve with community input and support. Of course, the economy as well. You know, this is another big challenge we're going to be looking at. Some of our outdoor recreation companies are really struggling right now because of the the economic crisis induced by the pandemic that we're all living through. So supporting them, helping them get back on their feet and not only recover, but thrive. I think that's going to be, it's a challenge, but it's also the real opportunity that I think we're going to be looking at. We're looking at now, we're going to continue to look at in the short, medium, and long-term futures. How does the outdoor recreation economy become this force that both diversifies the state, the state's economy as a whole, and puts us back on this road. So we go past recovery all the way towards this really robust economic future. And, and I do think outdoor recreation is a big part of it. And the challenge is just making sure we realize that potential. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as we finish up, Axie, because I, uh, you know, I know that you've you've got a, a crazy busy schedule as well. Um, I'm gonna end it with a, a kind of a loaded question for you. Um, when you absolutely need to get outside, where do you go? Oh, it is loaded because it's so hard to I pick. I knew, I knew that. Yeah, you um, can pick. A, you can pick a couple. What are What are some of your favorite places? Axie's favorite places in New Mexico. Well, I'll start, and I don't mean to overemphasize northern New Mexico, but just because that is where I currently live, so much of my outdoor recreation has really been in my backyard, so within five or ten minutes drive of where I live. So, you know, I've done a lot of bike, I'm a, I love to bike ride, I love to gravel ride, I love to mountain bike ride, so I ride out on the Rift Valley trails in Taos quite often, right along the gorge, um, if I can get higher up that some of my favorite trails in this area. Lost Lake is a truly spectacular one that always feels like you're just, um, you're almost getting away with something because it's such a rare trail to, 
be so close to a wilderness area. You're up high in the high alpine area and it's truly spectacular. Um, I have to say too, just like the, the, the high peaks throughout this state, the Truchas Basin is a, is a place that I spent a lot of time exploring this past summer and fall, not on bikes, um, but just <laughs> on foot and getting kind of lost on these like long approaches where you could be out there for 10 or 12 hours and, and not see anyone. So that's the, that's the short list that's on my radar now, just cause it's close to home. And obviously I'm not traveling, but there's just so many spectacular places. And that's one of my favorite parts of the job is that part of my job is to go out and meet with people who are invested in these places to learn more about them and to experience them. Yeah. Such a, such a rough job to be in, I'm sure. It is. It's yeah. A, it's a <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that you have your challenges as well as, as, as we all do as we're trying to navigate and do our jobs and help people. But I do know there's a group of people who would love to take you on the monumental loop when you are able to come down and we're able to, to be out and about. Um, and so Axie, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you. And I, I really appreciate you being a guest on our inaugural show. You are always welcome back on Homegrown Economies. Well, I sure appreciate it. As I said, it's an honor and I would be a willing and happy guest anytime. I love to talk about this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Axie. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Axie Navas is the director of the Office of Outdoor Recreation in New Mexico. More information can be found by going to their site, nmoutside.com. Thank you for joining us on Homegrown Economies. We will come to you every two weeks with conversations with business owners, outdoor groups, leaders in the outdoor rec field, and more. More information about our schedule and the Green Chamber of Commerce can be found at locallascruces.com forward slash homegrown. The music in this program is provided by local musician Randy Granger, a native flute player and guitarist, and one of the most talented on the hung drum, which is what you're hearing now. You can find out more about Randy at randygranger.com. That's it for this edition of Homegrown Economies. I'm Carrie Hamblin, the CEO and President of the Las Cruces Green Chamber of Commerce. And as we like to say at the Green Chamber, think local first and do what your mom always told you to do. Go play outside.